0: Welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan.
1: And I'm Jennifer Matthews.
0: Jennifer is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And on this morning's program, we'll learn about the martial arts as an exercise and as a sport. And later in the program, we'll review a BBB article that helps us understand deep fake
1: but first we want to start off on a very positive note as we welcome our first guest, Jeremy Hanford, the owner operator of Hanford tire and service limited. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. And that positive note we want to start off with is saying, congratulations on your milestone of 35 consecutive years of BBB accreditation. And that means that Hanford tire has been with BBB almost since its inception.
2: Yeah. It's pretty funny how that all arrived at around the same time. And, uh, We've uh, really been happy to and, and, and honored to be a part of the BBB and and what it stands for so it's it's been a great relationship for the last 35 plus years.
1: Well, we thank you again, what are some of the things that you do to ensure your staff upholds the BBB standards of both trust and transparency.
2: I think, you know, as an owner, um, and as my father who started the business, our belief in our business has always been, you know, to treat people the way you want to be treated, uh, ethically, um, be transparent, um, give them, you know, all all the facts up front, and uh, and that's what gains trust and builds relationships. So, um, I I typically believe that treat people the way you want to be treated um, really upholds a lot of the BBB standards that way.
1: So Hanford's is known for tires, but it's really Hanford's Tire and Service. So have you always provided full service or did it start with tires and branch out from there?
2: We've always uh, been tires and service. Um, in our early stages of business, we were probably about 60% tires, maybe even higher, 65% tires. Um, now, uh, you know, we have a, a mix of tires and and service and uh and, and the labor side of things. So we're probably about 30% tires now and uh, and a little over 60% uh, service and, and labor wise.
1: And over that time, is there much change in what it takes to service vehicles today as compared to when you started in 1986?
2: Yes, yeah, so a lot of things have stayed the same as far as when I go to start a car. Um, well, saying it's a gas engine, you need fuel, fuel spark and vacuum. Um, But you know we went through from carburetion to fuel injection to hybrid now moving into electric so there's been a steady change, but the basics of car maintenance. um, outside the electric side of things oil changes tune ups tires brakes has relatively stayed you know fairly similar it's just a little bit more efficient.
1: And does that mean a lot of ongoing training for your technicians as things have evolved? You know, from gas, hybrid, electric.
2: For sure, it's uh, we're, we're very fortunate that there's a lot of great suppliers, part suppliers in London that offer. Um, schooling and 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 training for our technicians to to attend and uh we definitely have to stay up on that as well as the equipment that's that's required to diagnose these problems and uh and to get people on the road
0: what are your thoughts about the move to electrical vehicles jeremy uh, I think, you know, it's it's great in the sense that the,
2: the pollution side of things um, and uh, obviously with gas prices, you know, the over $2 a liter, um, that's a tough one to swallow. Um, some of the other concerns I think in our industry is, is that as electric vehicles become more popular, does that just mean electricity, electricity is going to be more expensive to fill these fall, you know, how gas has always climb that way. Um, you know, also understanding what's involved in making a battery and disposing of batteries when that happens, and what are the costs to replace a battery? Um, and I've heard it's it's pretty astronomical on some vehicles, um, almost to a point where you'd replace the vehicle.
1: Have consumers' expectations changed over those those years?
2: I think so. I think that generally because, you know, we all carry around a handheld computer on a daily basis and get answers about anything, who scored a Stanley Cup winner in 72 or whatever it may be, and that's instant. Um, I, I think people, you know, obviously want things to be done quickly and as efficiently as possible. But uh, but I've also found that during COVID, I think people have become a little bit more... Um, you know, relaxed in the sense that they just they just want the job done right, and whatever time it takes, you know, um, they understand.
1: And You mentioned COVID, uh, being aware of the vehicle shortages and the supply issue of new vehicles. How did that affect your business as people were maybe repairing things they would have normally replaced had vehicles been more accessible?
2: Um, I think we're starting to see that more this spring, actually, in the first uh, two years of COVID, because, you know, the downtown was very empty for the most part, people weren't in the businesses, you know, um, the number of vehicles that we worked on was definitely lower, kids not in sports, travel, all those things. So you drove less, so cars weren't coming in as much. Now, that people are moving again. I think we're seeing exactly what you said. Um, you know, Definitely people either deciding on fixing what they have because of lack of availability or price or concern of interest rates, I think has a big factor too.
1: And what are people coming into the shop for at this time of year? Are we looking at air conditioning?
2: yeah i I think i think in these last few few days and coming weeks um air conditioning is is definitely up high on the list um you know brakes uh brakes and suspension noise windows are down you can hear noises that you couldn't hear in the winter when you had the heater running full blast and the windows up so uh but definitely as a luxury and a comfort air conditioning seems to be one of the top
0: concerns right now you mentioned that uh many vehicles were sitting or not used as much during covid has that led to peculiar uh, problems with vehicles um, that are particular to to having been sitting for that period of time
2: yeah again i think it's just like our bodies if if we sit for five or six hours at a time or a long plane ride and you go to get up you're you're pretty sore and you're pretty stiff Um, cars need to be moved too fluids need to be moved around the vehicle to lubricate moving parts internally and brakes are probably was was one of the biggest ones that we saw especially in the in the in the cooler months they would rust over and uh, become quite loud
0: would you have to replace the brakes then in that case or is it just a matter of uh, going around the block a few times
2: um sometimes it was just a matter of servicing the brakes the calipers and cleaning up the pads in the saddle so they'd move more freely and uh in some instances where cars sat for like six months and and some people just left fire and theft on it because they literally did not need an extra car um some of those had to be replaced but for the most part you know it was probably a 50 50 split from what we saw
1: well, Jeremy, thank you so much for taking time this morning to chat with us, and and um, thank you again for your commitment to BBB accreditation and and operating with honesty and ethics and integrity.
2: Thanks, Jennifer, and thanks, Jim, for having me. It's uh, been a pleasure to be a member for the last thirty five years,
0: and always a pleasure to talk with you, Jeremy. Jeremy Hanford is the owner operator of Hanford Tires and Service, and once again, congratulations on thirty five consecutive years of BBB accreditation. And you'll see the BBB seal at Hanford Tire, the sign of a better business.
1: Do you need to be an athlete to take up karate? Or if you take up karate, will you become an athlete? Stay tuned.
0: Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with the host of Ask BBB, Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And we welcome Richard Fall, the owner of the London Karate Club.
1: Good morning, Richard. Thanks for taking the time to join us.
3: Not a problem. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Before the break, we posed a question. Do you have to be an athlete to take up karate or will karate help you become an athlete? Do you have an answer to that question?
3: You, you don't have to be an athlete to take karate. Um, it depends on what your goals are. There's people who are athletes that their goal is to get to the Olympics or to compete Um, And that's usually, you know, um, for children or younger adults, there's older adults to get in it that just just want to do something different for their lives and get get a little bit more physically fit and active. Anytime you move your body, you become more, more and more active in a way of movement is important to the body, it's important to people to be able to move around. Um, There's a reason why we have two legs and that's to get from point A to point B, and also to be able to exercise. So a lot of people get into it for exercise in the later years, as opposed to just getting into it to be an athlete.
1: Is there something we should understand about karate if we're thinking about getting involved?
3: Well, just the understanding of karate is that karate isn't about fighting. It's not to teach you how to fight, it's to teach you how not to fight. It's more about the art of respect and understanding that... You know, people are people and everybody has a bad day and you can make you, they can make your day worse or they can make your your day. You can make their day better by not uh, engaging in to a conversation that's negative. Um, the whole idea behind karate itself is more of a, a inner self, inner self uh, awareness as opposed to uh, just a physical output awareness.
1: We've all heard the term black belt as a high degree of skill in karate and you hold the title of master in Mm -hmm. karate circles what's involved in achieving that standard
3: um if you were to put uh if i was to take um uh, the belt system as a school curriculum here in in canada or u.s um q belts which are kind of white to say white to brown belt are more or less like elementary school so they would go through the elementary school and then when they learn to at grade 12 uh, to move on to high school so shodan to about fourth degree is probably a high school, okay. So that's that's progressing towards mastery. And then when when you get to your fourth and you're going for fifth and sixth, that's more like a university, okay. And then eighth, uh, eighth and ninth, eighth would be more like going for your masters in your in your university. And then tenth would be more like uh, you being a professor of your skill. So the the um, the ninth degree that I hold, which is a, a degree of mastery, was given to me by my teacher. It was his decision to give it to me. I I didn't um, I didn't ask for it. Uh, it was my skills that got me to where I had to be, and my years of training that got to me where I had to be. So it takes many many years. I've been doing it for forty two years now. So it takes many years to get to to this to this level.
1: Richard, is there a ritual surrounding karate and and? maybe for that matter, most martial arts? And how much, if so, how much of a role does that ritual play and how important is it to developing skills?
3: Okay, I wouldn't necessarily say there's a ritual. Uh, we do bow when we enter the dojo or into the enter into, into the, the training area. Uh, we do bow to the teacher, we do bow to the assistant instructors, and we bow to each other. It's more of a sign of respect of the space. So if you walk into your house, it's like taking your shoes off, so you respect your home enough not to drag the outside into your house. So it's the same idea. So when you bow in the training area, you're kind of getting rid of all that negative stuff that's outside, and you're kind of bowing to make it for you. So it's, it's you're now cleansing your body away from that stuff, and you're going into something new. The thing with the etiquette is to show that I'm willing to bow towards you, and you bow towards me, the sign that I'm not going to harm you, you're not going to harm me. And the thing that we teach about honor is that we teach honor is, uh, is given, not taken. So if a person doesn't show you honor, you, you shouldn't give your honor away. So this is why it's very important for children to understand that with, with people, taking things from you is not a good thing. It's, it's something that you have to show and then give, right? And then respect is that you have to respect people, people in general, your parents, uh, your teachers, uh, officers, the law, by by society itself, and and with respect, the more people that respect each other, the better society becomes. And um, show respect to 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 each other is a two way street now. So it's one to the other. So it's not you show respect to this person, this person doesn't show any respect back. It's it
1: it doesn't work. It's
3: a two way street.
1: Richard, are we ever too young or too old to become involved in this activity?
3: I teach children at the age of three, uh, and I teach uh, adults, I've taught adults up to the age of 70. So there's no age limit. Um, if you were to do, say, a fighting style that's all about getting in a ring and, and getting punched and hit and uh, hitting somebody else back, that is a age, that's got an age stop point, like, say. You, you're in your late 20s, it kind of starts slowing down for you. Where karate, it doesn't. It, it, you change your karate to fit your body. So as we age, I'm, I'm almost 60 and I'm still doing it. So as we age, as we age, our karate just changes to fit our bodies. We don't move as fast, but we still understand the movement and how to make it to fit us.
1: If we were to enroll in classes, how often uh, do we attend and how much time should we be prepared to spend each week?
3: Okay, I always recommend at least twice, twice a week. Um, I'd I'd rather see three times a week, but uh, most people will do one to two times a week, uh, depending on their schedule. We live a hectic world right now, and um, with uh, with that said. Uh, We usually recommend at least twice a week in order for you to progress forward to if you say you want to be black belt, you have to learn certain katas or forms to get to where you have to be. So I would say anywhere between two to three times a week. Uh, If you train five times a week, um, you, you might feel a little bit exhausted and a little bit overtrained. So I say three is a good sweet spot for that.
1: If we're looking at the finances of karate, how does the cost compare to gym memberships or other sport endeavors?
3: Okay, uh, so gym memberships, a lot of gym memberships right now have dropped quite a bit. Um, You can get a gym membership for like ten dollars a month. Right. I wouldn't really compare it to that because you can walk into a gym and you're just picking up weights and stuff like that. You're not really got anybody helping you. Um, I like to compare it more towards hockey, soccer, dance, which is quite expensive in itself, like it's quite expensive in itself. So I think karate sits kind of like on the lower end of that. It's not as expensive as dance. It's not as expensive as hockey. But it's definitely starting to come up to that level. So I would say it's a little bit uh, lower compared to those sports and and, and uh, activities.
1: Richard, can you share with us what BBB accreditation means to you and to your members?
3: Well, the reason why I wanted to get into uh, BBB is that I want it to be um, known as um that people have a place to go to if something happens or goes wrong um people can do a a bad um, review on google and um, i think you guys research a little bit more to where to see if the 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 um, review is viable or not Um, i just want to show the people that i'm willing to take my steps to be transparent to them and to show them that my business is stepping forward to be more transparent than ever before so if i am held accountable for actions that happen within my school, I can take steps to try to follow and mitigate it as well.
1: Richard, it's been a pleasure talking with you this morning and and listening to all the benefits and and reasons why we should perhaps take up karate.
3: Okay, that's great. I uh, really uh, enjoyed uh, talking to you and uh, I hope you guys have a great day.
0: Thanks, Richard. Richard Richard Falls is the owner of the London Karate Club, an accredited business carrying the BBB seal, the sign of a better business.
1: Don't believe everything you hear or see. It could be deep fake. Stay tuned to learn more.
0: And we are back with more on Ask BBB with your host, Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. Okay, well, let's get right into it, Jennifer. What is deep fake?
1: Well, Jim, it's the dark side of advancing technology. Deep fakes use artificial intelligence to create what looks like real video or audio clips. The BBB article available at BBB.org goes into further detail, but what we need to know is that this technology makes it possible to take the photo or video of someone like a movie star or a politician or even you and have them endorse a product or a political position.
0: You know, Jennifer, I've always been intrigued with video and audio production and what technology gives us the ability to do, but this just boggles my mind.
1: So what BBB wants people to be aware of is that just because you see a video or hear a sound clip, you shouldn't always take it at face value. Look a little closer. There are signs like blurry spots, double edges to faces, unnatural blinking, or no blinking at all that are the telltale signs that it's a deep fake.
0: So Jennifer, what about audio?
1: It may be a little harder to detect, but it might have choppy sentences or out of place inflections or odd phrasing or background sounds that don't match.
0: So besides spreading disinformation with deep fakes, how are the scammers using this?
1: Well, it is possible that scammers will use deep fakes to impersonate your loved ones. If you receive a video or audio or even a call. Make sure that it is indeed from your son, daughter, grandchild. Be especially suspect if they are asking for money or personal information. Wow.
0: It's hard to realize that this technology is so sophisticated that it could let a scammer pose as someone in in a real-time call.
1: And that's why BBB cautions that you should be very careful with what you post online. The only way a scammer can make a deepfake video of you is if they have the access to a selection of photos and videos featuring your face. Stay alert to the possibility of impersonation and make sure your family knows about deepfakes and use caution when posting things publicly.
0: What are are some of the other cautions in that BBB article, Jennifer?
1: Well, don't make financial decisions based on viral videos. If a celebrity insists you invest in Bitcoin or donate funds to a specific charity in a viral video, do some research before you send money. Scammers would love to get their hands on your money by impersonating someone you trust. And don't assume an online persona is the real deal. Whether you are hiring a new employee or contacting an outside vendor, don't assume someone exists just because they have video, photos, or audio on their online profiles. And protect your business accounts. Use multi factor authentication on all systems to prevent scammers from using a deepfake to hack your account and impersonate you. And further to that, train your employees to recognize deepfakes. Ensure your employees know what to look for, especially if they are in charge of your business's finances or assets. And again, be cautious when sharing information digitally. Don't give in to urgent requests. Even if someone is threatening immediate action against you or your business, take the time to verify their identity.
0: Well, that's a a lot to think about. And of course, uh, folks can find the full article under latest news on the BBB.org website. And Jennifer, that's our time for Ask BBB this time around.
1: If you have any comments on what you've heard on today's program, we'd love to hear from you. And if there is a subject you'd like us to include, let us know. You can contact us at hashtag AskBBB and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jennifer Matthews.
0: And I'm Jim Swan. Remember, always look for the BBB seal.
1: It's the sign of a better business.